But Dad, isn't it time for illegal ham in the face? But bro, where's the banjo? Some Cleveland sports shows try to give you hot takes, but only one can give you a big old piece of hot ham. Welcome to Illegal Ham to the Face. Talking all Cleveland sports. And don't forget our Fat Boy Tuesday, where we also ham it up with some fun food topics. Without further ado, let's serve up some ham. Here are the Ham Boys, Fatty, Fatty. and Big Bry. And Big Bry. What is going on, everybody? Welcome in on a cold, chilly day here in Cleveland as the snow is flying. Warm up next to the fire with a little bit of illegal ham to the face. What's going on, Big Bry? Hey, man. How you doing? It's another day, buddy. It is chilly out there. And I mean chilly. We had snow today. Uh, Some got in the grass over on the east side. Uh, Let's see here. No mic problems today. Thank you. Thank you, James. Okay. We were just talking about that off the on the backside. You know, every now and then, Fatty's got to get a uh, one of these little uh, little Fatty fail going on. <laughs> and definitely, you know, live show with everything else that was going on that day, it was definitely a Fatty fail. Uh, I am that, well, it was a great time though. We had a blast though. I just wish sure. that we had the first twenty minutes of audio because it was actually awesome. Um. Let's see here. Justin's here. He said, happy Tuesday. Start a new job this week. That is amazing, Justin. Congrats, Justin. Um, he said it snow. He said, send that to Kentucky. It, it did snow today. Um, it was just a dusting, cool. but, I mean, it's just funneling off the lake, and it's 38 and drizzly and shitty, and it's not May. Um, May 2nd, it does not feel like May at all, Brian. We went back into February really quick. Mm-hmm. But... We'll get sunshine in this weekend. They're calling for mid-70s starting next week. So, I mean, can't say anything. And here's Jose. Yep, Jose's here. What's up, Jose? So, as long as Jose's here, we're good, right? Oh, yeah. All right. I don't have my glasses on today, Brian. I don't know where they're at. So, we're just going to deal with that with this Quentin. Um, our show is brought to you by Harold Keel and Lake Erie APA. Um, also, City Dogs of Cleveland. We have a new city type. It is their longest resident they have, and he is coming to us to get adopted. So we'll have him on for our trivia. We will be talking Browns draft tonight. We'll be talking the Cavs collapse. We will also be talking about Jeb Wills getting his fifth-year option picked up, which we all knew that was going to happen anyways. Getting into Fat Boy Tuesday, we're going to talk about our excursion at Melt and how much fun we had. Got some more pictures here. Um, Also going to talk Cinco de Mayo, which is this Friday, Bri. Oh, nice. Okay. Can't go wrong with margaritas, salsas, and chips, baby. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to get into our top three and what? Oh, top three draft moments this year that we had. Uh, There's a few that came out that I was actually excited to see. Um, Pure chaos in round one. uh, Just pure chaos. Uh, I did a Twitter spaces over the weekend with KCK and the guys from the Lyman lounge. We were talking to draft as it was happening and we couldn't believe the chaos that was going on. Oh, so yeah. 
Um, let's see here. Oh, Jose had to work today. Well, I did not have to work today. That is well done. Uh, Matthew Brown, what's up, boys? What are like, well, yep, we were talking about that today. Yeah, weather is definitely uh going through a roller coaster right now. So, Bri, do you want to get into shout outs right now, buddy? Because we got a lot to get out. So, let's get some shout outs going. Do you have any shout outs this week? Yeah, last week I shouted you out. I shouted out Melt. Um, so let me just shout out all the people that uh, that showed up and showed out last week. Uh, you know, without them, none of it really matters. And um, I'll let you get into the numbers for, for how much was raised for the charity, the Multiple Myeloma Research Foundation. Um, the numbers were awesome. Blew my mind um, at, at what people were. I think probably some even donated outside of just their bill because um, because to amount to those numbers, it was just, I mean, the generosity was filling the room and, you know, everyone just supporting us and coming out to have a good time. It, it kind of warmed your heart and made you feel good. So, yeah, I have family, friends there. You had a bunch of friends there. So, um, yeah, it was very cool to, to see everyone come out and have a good time. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. And let, let's let's go through the list. Matt Fish, thank you so much for having us there. We had such a blast. He wants us to come back, Brian. He cool. said, hey, what about Brown season? Come back and do a Browns game. I said, let's do it. We'll set it up. We'll get everything situated. Once the schedule comes out, we'll let you guys know when that's happening. Also got to thank your family for coming out, man. Your family came out. Mama was there, the wife. You had cousins. You had what great uncles? What else did you have there? Yeah, my uncle every- was there. Aunt and uncle. Yeah, let me shout out. I guess what I really need to shout out is my mom and my wife because all those people that were there were there because of them. My wife's coworkers. They had a group that came out. Um, so everybody that that was there was because of them. You, you know me. I'm not much of a self promoter. So they were the ones spreading the word, um, reaching out to people, and uh, yeah, it was cool that that it all came together. We also had Babe and Babe 2 there. <laughs> Pat, Pat and Jill were there. Mm-hmm. Big Boy Phillips was there. We had Always Positive Jay was there. We had Brown's Fangirl Sherry was there. We had Mike and a 330 was there. We had Toby from My Pool Team was there, along with Damon and L.A. were there. And Toby's girlfriend was there also, or fiance. Um, Jake was there. Jake and his yeah. girlfriend were there. Uh, my wife and my kids were there helping us out at the beginning, getting everything set up. They skedaddled because the kids had to get ready for school the next day. But, man, what a great turnout. What a great time. Uh, we got pictures here. Like I said, we got more pictures coming. Uh, L.A. hooked us up with all the food pictures for right now to share. We did a wing contest with Melt, which was absolutely awesome. Uh, can't think. And those wings were good, Brian. I'm still thinking Very about good. the, Very the Melt sauce. Um, other than that, on the back side, I want to thank the whole Melt team, uh, Felicia, Jessica, for setting up the banners, for uh, Felicia for getting us in there, getting everything set up, their IT guy for getting us our own Wi-Fi in there, getting everything set up on that side. Everybody on the wait staff, the manager, the wait staff, the waitresses were absolutely amazing, Bri. Um, for that kind of party, for two waitresses to come in and knock it out the way they did, truly remarkable. And from what I have got from numbers from everybody else, as of right now, we are over $700 that we raised. And that was just a little bit from us. There was donors on the outside, Bri, that have come in and donated. So from what we got at there at Melt, I do not know for sure, but I know right now it's over $700 that was sent 
to the Multiple Myeloma Research Foundation that night. I know it's not a lot, but it's something, Bri. And, um, you know, we'll do it again. We'll have a good time again and see if we can't raise even more money. Um, But it was a great time. Like I said, your mom, your wife, they were amazing. Giving us crap there even at the end of the show, which was even fun to kind of sit around at the end of the show just shooting the shit. Um, oh yeah. Like I said, I apologize for the, uh, the mic problems at the beginning. That was my fault. Uh, we were doing a new camera and new everything else. And I did not oh, hook up the, mic the way I did, but fast forward 20 minutes and it's pretty much the same show. We just fast forwarded. Um, other than that, um, I have no more shout outs, Bry. Um, it was just a good, great week. Um, like I said, can't thank Brown's fangirl. Uh, she was sharing it out on Twitter along with KCK which we'll have him back on here a little bit, talks to Browns with us later down mm-hmm. the road. He was absolutely amazing when we were doing the draft coverage together. So on that note, Bri, um, we do have a dog of the week this week, and let's go ahead and get that out of the road now. Sherry is here. Um, every little Sherry? bit. Thank, yes, it does. Sherry says she loves her guys. Uh, love you too, Sherry. Thank you so much for joining us that night. We had a mm-hmm. blast. Um Brian, let's get into, before we start trivia, let's get into our dog of the week. I want to get him out of the way real quick because his name is Godzooks. All right, Brian. Now, we normally do this from trivia, and our trivia is brought to you by City Dogs of Cleveland. So Godzooks is our longest resident there. Let me pull him up on my phone real quick because he's got a story that you wouldn't believe, Brian. All right. So let's bring up this furry face right now. There it is. Godzooks. Badling wants to join somebody's team being on a slide into home adoption promotion. He's longest resident at the kennel so far. He deserves to have a very good home. He is smart, goofy, and a fiend for toys. He is a big galoot, which you can see by the size of this guy. Look at that head on mm-hmm. him. Yeah, you can imagine that. <laughs> All right. He is, loves sloppy kisses, has a great time with office guests and one of the volunteers. He is a bright boy. Needs learned, he's learned to sit Paul down and working on stay, even a little time to relax. He needs a little time to relax away from the kennel. If you can adopt Godzooks, please do that. Set him up. He's estimated to be four years old and 60 pounds, Bri. Wow. So if you guys can adopt, help him out, get a hold of City Dogs, and I will bring up the banner down here at the bottom. <coughs> Sorry about that. Uh, that's how you get a hold of City Dogs right there. You can set up a, a greet with Godzooks. Let's get him adopted because, Bri, for having to be the longest resident there, it's no fun. Get him adopted. Get him out of there sure. mm-hmm. and let him enjoy his what his middle age years in a nice home with a oh, nice yeah. fire, you know, kids play toys with. So let's hook him up. Let's get him a place adopted, please. Mm-hmm. Hey, he's got tons of good years left. He's only four years old, so he's got a whole lifetime to live. Um, looks like a happy boy. Yeah, I mean, I, blows my mind that he hasn't been uh, adopted at this up to this point. But um, what a better time than now? Yep. And Casey said, "Got Zooks." Justin said, "Completely forgot Kentucky Derby is this weekend too, Bri." I know. I started seeing stuff about it yesterday. We should have wore the big hats. We should have wore the big hats tonight. Shoot. Uh, we'll, get him, we'll, get him, we'll get them next week when we talk about We still don't know if you can fan duel it up for that. I think you probably can. Uh, of course, you probably should be able to, right? 
I would guess. I don't know. I would guess. Specialized app for it. Well, you never know. I mean, that's a good looking dog, Bri. I wish I could adopt all these dogs. I know. That's the toughest part about it every week, seeing these dogs. My wife would kill me like you wouldn't believe. She buried (laughs) me in the basement. I've already broke the news to my wife that if, God forbid, something ever happens to her and she's not around, she's getting replaced with a dog pretty quick. I can see that happening. Hey, <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> yep. Now I got, yeah. Yeah. She knows. Yeah, I'll probably get yeah. three of them. Yeah, but you never know. All right, Bryce. So it's your turn for trivia time this week. All right. You ready oh, for that? Oh, my turn. Okay. I got you. Well, I didn't really set anything up. And with our trivia that we did, we really didn't do trivia to each other, really. I got so something I- in mind. I just, I won't have the thorough answers that, uh, that you might be looking for, but I got the answer in my head. All right, here we go. Trivia. Brought to you by City Dogs of Cleveland. Go adopt that dog. All right, Brian. Here we go. All right. We got some NFL draft trivia, as you could imagine. Um, and since I didn't pull the graphic up, I don't know really specifics about it. It really doesn't matter, but I can't go back to like a year. So the question is, um, which college has the most NFL draft picks in the history of the NFL draft? So, yeah, I can't tell you what year it goes back to. I think it was 500-some, if that helps at all. And I'm guessing that this number is entering this year's draft. So I okay. saw the statistic before uh, before last Thursday. You got, like, a top three? I, I could. I could look it up on my phone. But um, at this point, I just off the top of my head, I only have the number one. Well, here, why don't you look it off on the phone? While I get ready to get in our Cleveland headlines here, okay? Okay, cool. I'll give you a break. We'll get in our Cleveland headlines because Justin's calling us big heads anyways. He said that counts in his book for the big hats. And Justin asked <laughs> the Ohio State or Michigan. Can neither confirm nor deny anything. You'll have He's to get your answer by yourself. Let All me right. uh, go check it out. All right. I'm going solo here for a little bit. So we're going to get in our Cleveland headlines. As we get going, and we'll, we'll quickly hit the first one. I got to wait. Is Chris in here? Is Chris watching tonight? Chris is here. So now I can actually play it because Chris is here. As soon as I get it, right there it is. It said, let Stand. Uh, Brian will be back in here in a second. Um, I hope so. God, look at that face. I'm here for a second. Um, all right, it's so our Cleveland headlines this week so far. Uh, we got some good news. Just fifth year pick by the Cleveland Browns. We all kind of knew that was actually going to happen. Um, no surprise there. Uh, around the NFL, there's been some other developments. Jordan Love. Uh, Bry's back, I believe. He's back. Yes, sir. I got it. 
All right. So Jordan Love also got uh, the fifth-year option to climb, but they signed him to a one-year, $13.5 million deal. Um, pretty much saying, kid, prove it or you're gone. Uh, pretty much is what it comes down to. So we'll see what happens with Jordan Love on his contract. But Jeb Will's contract was what I was saying, Brian. Everybody kind of knew it was going to happen because you really didn't have an other option at left tackle at the time. I don't think drafting anybody later in the third round was a change. Any, uh, but you know, bringing him back gives him another chance, especially a healthy year at left tackle, because he has not been healthy the past couple years with little dings here and there. But uh, we'll see how he does. Um, they're giving it to him because if you don't, you, you really got no other option instead of going with James Hudson. And we really didn't like that uh, turn of events last time. So, Brian, how do you feel about Jeb Wells getting his fifth year picked up? Yeah, I think it was a good idea. Um, I know I think the number is 14 or 15 million that we're going to have to pay him. Um, but you basically get him for this year plus the following year. So you get two more years left of Jed. And, you know, let's be honest, he's still young. He still can develop. I I mean, they drafted him 10th overall, so they obviously still believe in his talents and uh, and his potential of where he could be. So, yeah, to cut him loose, to not pick it up and, uh, you know, going into this season and just saying, we got one more year left with you, I think that would be a bad idea. So, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see that they did this. Um, as long as he can stay healthy, he should be the starter for the next two years and see where we're at after that. Um, you know, if you go back and look at the offensive tackle uh, contracts that guys got in free agency this year, it's, it's a steep price. So you don't really want to be playing that game um, with the Deshaun Watson contract. And at this point, the only other option we would have would be to uh, – to draft a guy and I can't, I don't even know. I haven't started to think about next year's draft, but draft a guy in the second or third round and just hope that he's, uh, that he's serviceable. I mean, cause Jed Wills, we kind of agree depending on where you're at on him. He's somewhere around an average left tackle and, you know, he still has that potential. So I'll, I'll take it. We want him to be better. He can be better. Um, he just lacks focus sometimes. And so, you know, who knows if uh, if them drafting the Ohio State tackle, if that'll kind of push him a little bit. Um, sounds like he's kind of more of a right tackle. But um, but who knows? I mean, yeah, Jed Wills, the, the time is ticking. He, if he wants to make big bucks, he's got to prove it over the next two years. So I'll take my chances with that. By the way, Bri, it's the – it's not the – the. Got it? The what? Because Ohio State University, the oh. Ohio State. Is University. that what? Is that what you? Is that what they call themselves when you finish second in the Big Ten? The yeah, okay. pretty much. So what do you call the first place team? I'll, I'll figure that out. I'll You'll figure that, that out. Yeah, I'll okay. figure that out. Yeah, I'll Google the one, it. The one year in ten years that you've done it. That's great. Go ahead. Figure one it out. year. You got a short memory, my friend. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Pretty sure we're right. two years in a row now. Well, well, you know, we only produce talent. We can't produce it on the field, I guess, Brian. I don't know. Hey, I, was, I told you. I was hoping C.J. Stroud would come back for another year. That's my guy. Jeez, okay. listen to you. All right, on that note, we're going to get into the uh, next Cleveland headlines. Cat season's over. 
Uh, Gentleman Sweet by the Knicks. Oh, Bry, this one hurt. This one hurt a lot. Um, I don't expect major, major changes, sweeping changes, but some changes are going to happen to this lineup. Um, I feel we're going to be definitely looking at our uh, swing there, small forward, and we're definitely going to be looking at bench help to get this team going. And I tell you what, uh, Mobley and good God, Brian, it just, boys got to put on some muscle. You got pushed around by a New York's Knicks team that was just not as good as you are. And they took you to the woodshed and they didn't low take you to the woodshed. They, they let you know, they took you to the woodshed and, uh, oh, good God, Sherry. I forgot she went, Sherry's on your side. She goes, oh, the shade go blue. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm not like Sherry. Uh, you know, Sherry, now that you're talking about this, I still haven't talked to Brian, what we discussed. So you, mo- you might want to be nice to me right now. All right. Michigan, is that what it is again? That There's another one. I mean, geez. Brian, it's just. <laughs> we're on to the Cavs now. All right. We're on to the Cavs. All right. So, we'll Brian, how do you feel? How do you feel about this series? I mean, seriously, like this, this was a letdown. Like this was a really big letdown. I thought the Cavs would win in five. I knew it would probably go to seven, but to get a gentleman's sweep by the New York Knicks, didn't see that one coming. Yeah, I don't know how you could feel anything but ashamed of uh, of the, the Cavs team and their performance and, you know, Kobe Altman going up there in the press conference and trying to spin it as they had a good regular season, which is true. It is, but you, you got to know your audience and the terrible taste that you left in all of our mouths. And, I mean, that what was a game game five was just, oh, it was atrocious. Um, Julius Randle goes down and he's out for the game. And you're like, okay, hey, you know, if, if we can find a way to win this game, he's probably out for the rest of the series. Maybe we got a chance. You can't even beat him. Julius Randle's been their best player throughout the entire year. And they were without their best player. I know Brunson stepped up, and he's a hell of a number two. But, um, but yeah, for Randall to go down and you still get whooped on like that, it's just I, the one thing, the only thing I can think of is I, I'm probably most disappointed in Jared Allen um, just because I, mean, I know uh, expectations for Garland and Mitchell are so much higher. And certainly they deserve a bunch of blame because, you know, there are times where Mitchell is just a non-factor. And for your superstar to not show up like that is just disheartening. And how's the team supposed to follow? We've been so blessed and so lucky with LeBron over the years. Um, Just stepping up every time you look to him, he steps up and he comes through. And every single time he puts the team on his back and, Mitchell's got a long way before he gets there, but going back to Allen, it's just if I'm that's this coaching staff, I, I say, hey, listen, dude, you got one job this offseason. You have to put on 20 pounds of muscle. You have to be bigger. You have to be more physical. Because what do you hear about basketball players when they put on a bunch of muscle? It, it ruins their shot. Jerry yeah, Allen doesn't shoot. Yeah, he doesn't shoot anything other than layups and dunks. He's so like, you don't got to worry about that. Yeah, he, I mean, not even Dwight Howard. I mean, he just just dunks the ball. He didn't even give him credit. He puts himself in good position. But yeah, I mean, for us to say we have four all stars, I feel like that's a little disingenuous because 
He's just, uh, we need a guy like Mitchell Robinson. We need a guy like Kevon Looney. You know, we need a guy like a, a center, a big physical center that Perkins. can grab rebounds. Perkins, yeah. You know, somebody who's not going to show up in the stat book a whole lot, but he's going to keep the other guys off the boards. And, yeah, he, he needs to put on weight. He needs to put on muscle. Um, I don't care if it slows him down a little bit. When we get into these uh, these playoff series, we just can't have him getting pushed around. And I don't think Mobley's the guy. Mobley's the more talented guy, the more skilled guy. So I don't need him putting on 20 pounds of muscle. I don't need him banging around in the post uh, with these other centers. You know, he's more he of a guy that can play. Right? Yeah, he does, but he's young. You know, he's 21 still. So he'll put on – and. He doesn't have to necessarily. I mean, a little bit, obviously, with maturing. But look at uh, look at like Chris Bosh. Look at a uh, a Kevin Garnett. Those guys weren't like looking like they were jacked or anything like that. So they learned to play with their body. But if Jared Allen's going to be our center, we talked before. He's not the biggest dude, not the tallest dude. He's got to give us something as far as physicality and. Yeah, what he's given us right now just is not cutting it. He, he's got to get bigger. He's got to get stronger. And, I mean, I'd almost say, like, if he doesn't, look to move him. I don't think you can get much for him after that performance. But uh, there's got to be a guy who's Mitchell Robinson before uh, before this series. Nobody knew who he was. Kevon Looney, he was, he was like a weak link for the, for the Warriors, and now he's grabbing 20 rebounds or something. So... Those guys are out there if you can find them. Um, but, yeah, you need a presence down low uh, to set the tone, especially when you crash in the glass. <laughs> My dad, blue corrupt, but you got to give up on the calves. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> hey, this year, uh, this year I gave uh, up on him. Who does he root for? Does he root for the Knicks? I, don't, I know he's, he's a not, Steelers fan. No, he's not like a huge NBA guy. He really is oh, uh, like he, but he, he loved basketball. I mean, he played basketball in college and everything. Hmm. So, I mean, you know, but that was, you know, old man's basketball where you had to be like Larry Bird and just throw up threes all the time. Underhand set shot. Yeah, underhand, the, they couldn't dunk. From the free line. You know, all that kind of stuff. You know, he grew up in that time. <laughs> but, you know, no, I, I get it, Brian. It just, it's so disappointing because you had, you know, you, you brought in, you brought in your star. You you brought him in, and you thought that Spider was going to take it over and just like take over a game. He didn't like game one to bring him back. Game one, yeah. And then you just didn't see him after that, right? And like, and I'm sitting there, and you know, I'm talking to you. Hold on, used to loves. Okay, I can't read that, Brian. My glass. Nope. Used to love cliffs. Looks like. But um, with him, I, I was expecting him to take over a game, but with the analysis, what they're talking about is you got two seven-footers pretty much down low, and they're not giving him any space. So he's trying to drive into a full box instead of getting a little bit of space. Oh, Celtics. Yeah, that was dad's team, Celtics. Um, but just trying to drive into that cramped space with Mobley and Jared Allen down there, and then you don't have a three that could shoot, so that guy's down in the box too you really can't drive in and get your shot off. So that was kind of the reasoning of what's going on. 
But if you get Mobley out on the edge, you get a, a, a three that can shoot, Bry. Just a three that can shoot. That's all you need. A, just, a, a, just a glimpse of a shot. doesn't have to be a stellar shot. Just a glimpse of a shot that you, they scare you a little bit. They'll open up everything, and I think everything will change. But, like, I, I'm not getting mad at the coaching staff because the coaching staff made some adjustments. They didn't work, but they only had what they could deal with. I blame Kobe Altman a lot for not going after a three after he got Donovan Mitchell to help this team out. He stuck with Levert, Chetty, you know, or Coro. Defensive wise, that's fine, but you need an offensive guy there. And they just didn't have it, Bry. Um, bench wise, they didn't have it. They didn't have a spark. And my dad said, Who are you calling old? Well, I'm calling you old, Dad. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Right, those are the changes I see they're making. I mean, you're you're kind of on the same page with me. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's not many ways, not many options for them to get better at this point because of <laughs> all the draft capital that they traded for Donovan Mitchell, all the money they're paying Mitchell and Garland, and you have to save some money for when you have to pay Okoro. So I worry that uh, I mean. It's going to be Colby Altman's toughest offseason. He's going to have to find a way to get guys, veterans in here, and not pay them a ton of money and have them contribute in uh, in April and May. And, I mean, it's hard for me. It's hard for Cavs fans to not think of, you know, did they make a giant blunder by letting Kevin Love go? We've seen – and obviously – Revisionist history, uh, hindsight being twenty twenty. We've seen the contributions he's had to the Heat, but and I don't even totally blame uh, Colby Altman for doing that. I blame JB. You know, JB was done with him. He didn't want to play him anymore. And you know, that's where maybe a veteran coach would say, "Okay, this guy's going through a tough stretch here. He's going through a tough month. He's going through a tough couple months shooting." You know, maybe the injury had something to do with it. But I need to remember that we're probably going to need his experience. We're going to need him in the playoffs um, because Mobley and Allen, you know, they're still pups. They're not physical guys. Uh, We're going to need Kevin Love's basketball IQ. We're going to need his rebounding in the playoffs. And even if he only can give us a couple minutes, I understand he's a defensive liability. But, you know, we're seeing now – more than ever, that the uh, the NBA regular season is irrelevant. I mean, it's just – it's a complete joke, the yeah. NBA regular season. It's all about the playoffs. You know, you got teams like the Lakers and the Warriors who, who could easily finish probably top three, top four seeds in their conference. But they say it doesn't really matter. You know, as long as we get into the playoffs, then we'll start playing our best basketball then. So let's just keep everyone engaged uh, up until the playoffs start. And so, you know, going back to Kevin Love, I mean, yeah, this team's flaws, like I said last week, of having only two big men um, in that series, it was just – it was atrocious. It was – to me, it was a fireable offense. I'm not trying to run JB or Altman out of town, but uh, that was a giant blunder um, for them not to – you know, have the wherewithal to say we need Kevin Love in the postseason. We need his experience, and 
you know, we're going to need just bodies. We're going to need another big man in case, uh, in case those other two guys aren't getting it done. So yeah, I'm fine that they're bringing everybody back. Uh, I'm not going to try to run everybody out of town, like I said, but in my opinion, the Cavs are in the same boat as the Browns. You got to prove it to me this year. You know, let's see that you're making steps towards the end goal. If you regress a little bit, you're gone. This is the hot seat right now. This is put up or shut up time. You know, your uh, your grace period, your honeymoon period is over. Um, we expect more than what we got this year, and to to yeah, to win one game in five game series is just it 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 was really bad. My dad's one hundred percent with you, Bry. He said you're right on, Bry. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I wish I wasn't, but that's you know that's the, where we're at. You know what the great thing is about this show, though, Bry, is I know because Dad, I love you. And Casey said, "Amen, Bry." Everybody's agreeing with you on that one, Bry. I I I agree with you on that one too. But to get my dad off this show, all we gotta do is switch over to Browns talk, and then he'll kind of mm-hmm. fade out, which is awesome. I love. Oh, that. I got a Steelers nugget for him if he sticks around. I got actually Ooh. something nice to say. I don't. Yeah, I can't believe it's coming out of my mouth either. I'm getting soft. You're, you are going to talk about the Steelers. You shut your face. Well, let's get mm, into not Browns so long. Draft. We'll we'll talk a little bit more Cavs probably next week, and then we'll completely shut them down for the year, and we'll get focused on the Guardians. But um. Brian Brown's draft 2003 draft is over your Cleveland Browns did not have a first second round pick, but they had a third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Um, and a lot of chaos happened throughout this draft, but I want to go through the Browns draft picks real quick. Now with talking with Casey, um, Cedric Tillman went off the board at 74 for your Cleveland Browns, a wide receiver from Tennessee. Um, first off, shocked the shit on me. I didn't think a wide receiver, they would be taking a wide receiver. There were some other people there. But then I start diving in a little bit, and I know why they took him. Um, the year beforehand, uh, he had over a 1,000 yards, Bry. Uh, he was on pace probably to have a 1,000 yards this year, but blew out his knee. Um, great wide receiver, size 6'3", 220, um, speed. Big big boy, and you know everybody. I even I even questioned it too about DPJ. Like, is this the air pair to DPJ if he doesn't really like take a huge step? Because you know they don't want to pay that lot of money for a wide receiver. And then I started to think about it a little bit. Brian, this might be on the other side. This might be for uh, Mari Cooper. I have a feeling of learn under Amari, learn to take that spot, and we'll see what you could do. But as of right now, their wide receiver room, Brian. I haven't seen a Browns wide receiver room like this, and I don't know how long we're seeing it. You actually do have some legit wide receivers in that wide receiver room, Brian. We'll see what plays out. How did you feel about their 74 pick with Cedric Tillman? I was pleased with it. Um, you know, he's a guy we knew. He's a guy we talked about a little bit. Um, like you said, he had a, a much more productive year, his junior year, than he did last year. And honestly, I, I'd be very interested to, to hear from uh, Andrew Barry and the coaching staff. Who you got there, Peach? What? I got Slinger Peach. What is that? Peach Screwdriver. Where the heck did you get that? Uh, at the Marathon Station down the street. All right. Sounds I mean, delicious. I mean, uh, hey, it's orange, Brian. This is like your kind of orange, too. Holy cow. Tennessee orange. I like it. Okay. Ooh, ooh. 
Um, but Hyatt, his teammate Jalen Hyatt, went one pick pick before us, and the um, the Giants traded up to get him. So they were probably fearing that the Browns would snag him up. He was the speedster, whereas Tillman's kind of the big body receiver. And I think a lot of people considered Hyatt more of a high, higher draft pick, uh, higher prospect than uh, than what Tillman was. But um, I like it. Like you said, it's it's a very deep um, wide receiver room right now, and Hyatt gives us something that maybe we don't have. Uh, you know, we needed speed. We talked about speed in the wide receiver room for the last however many months, and they've kind of addressed that with more and and Goodwin and hopefully getting Grant back. Um, but we don't have anybody in there that's 6'3", <laughs> 213. So uh, I think a lot of the draft picks, the common theme is just kind of like they're, you know, they're like a, uh, they're in an insurance policy. You know, hopefully these guys work out, but if they don't, you know, we're not really counting on them. So, yeah, like you said, with, uh, with DPJ, if you don't want to pay him at the end of this year, you let him walk. Maybe Tillman can, fill that role. Amari Cooper's making a ton of money um, for a team that's going to get strapped with cash here pretty quickly. Um, so maybe if Tillman can, uh, can prove himself, uh, he can fill that role. So, yeah, I mean, I'd love to say that I think he's going to be great or I, I think he's going to be terrible, but at this point, it could go either way. I think what they did with this draft, Bryce, if you look at most of the people they, they picked, yeah, the potential's there. Like, there's huge side to everybody that they picked like it could be low but if they actually work out and everything works out the up is there for everybody they picked it seemed like with exception like maybe one at the end but i mean everybody that they picked in this draft seemed that way and it same with him because last year if he would have came out last year he would probably been in that boat with one of the top wide receivers in the first or second round not a third round pick mm-hmm. we got him in a third round pick because he got injured which mm-hmm. thankfully for us that happened and we can snag him up there in the third round. So the upside for him could be a one or two pick. Uh, well, there it is. Mom's here now and she's the high son, Bry too. So I got mom and pops in hey, here. Ma. Sweet. See the great thing. Great thing about mom is though, Bry is you can cuss in front of her. <laughs> I'll try not to, so but I let him slip. My Yeah. My mom let me know. Like, oh, I've never heard you say, couple of those words, well, you know, alcohol is flowing. I was, I, I was so scared. Of you. I thought she was wagging her finger at me, too. I'm like, I can say piss, right? Can I say piss? <laughs> Mom said you can't. Don't test it. I don't, I don't <laughs> test it. Nope. <laughs> um, another, now, third round pick, Bry, at, what was it, 98, right? Was mm-hmm. Siaka Ika. Uh, and you want to talk about a big, big mamma jamma. Holy cow. You ever watch the replacements, Brian? I know you have. Oh yeah. The replacements the movie. When the uh when the sumo wrestler comes running out, they're like, look at the size of this mamma jamma. That's exactly what I say <laughs> when I see this guy. He is six three, three and thirty-eight pounds. And you want to talk about stopping the run gap. If that doesn't eat up the run gap, I don't know what does. So when they drafted him, you know what they were drafting him for. Brian, what do you think about Ika at defensive tackle? It's another another swing at the plate, another another chance to uh, to find somebody. It's funny that uh, Andrew Barry in, in his drafts, he seems to have a 
trend going that in the third and fourth round, mark it down. He's going to take a swing at wide receiver, and he's going to try to find himself a defensive tackle. He's done it the last three drafts. And unfortunately, those other guys haven't worked out. That's why we keep doing it. Um, so, yeah, he's a big boy, um, as we'll talk about with maybe our next draft pick. Weight is maybe a bit of a concern. I think he weighed in at like 335 at the combine. And then at his pro day, I think I heard he, he weighed in at 347. So putting on 12 pounds, it's one of the biggest job interviews of your life. Uh, you know, you can't hold your weight for a couple months. So we'll see how disciplined he is. We'll see how much he wants it. Um, but one thing I did like was uh, he had 30 pressures over the last couple of years, and that ranked second in uh, college football for defensive tackles. So even at his size, he's not just a run stuffer. Uh, he can actually get to the quarterback. At least he could in the, in the big 12. So uh, I think that got him like all big 12 honors. Um, so he's another guy who, who they thought maybe might go a little bit higher, but uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're selling out to try to reverse the trends of last year and, uh, and stop the run. And so, this is the guy that can do it. And just, you know, if these defensive tackles, they're obviously big boys, so they're not in the best shape. So you got to keep rotating them in and out. So he's just another guy. And you know something? I like it, though, Brian, because they're actually looking at the weakness they had last year was stopping the run and stopping the middle. They didn't have big defensive tackles last year. None of them were big. I mean, they were, what, 260, 270 maybe. Now you're getting guys that are going to take on two to three guys per block, and especially a guy with a quick first step. And Casey said, finally, finally, we're getting some big boys in here. <laughs> um, also, that helps out Miles Garrett. That helps out both edge rushers, which we'll get in the we drafted here a little bit later. My said it perfectly. The teams win with third rush, Bry. Mid-round, that's where oh, you yeah. win Super Bowls oh, yeah. at. Mid-round you swing, you swing and hit on those, Brian. Your your teams. I mean, look at look at Kansas City. I mean, all the guys they had on their third rounders are producing, fourth rounders, fifth rounders. It's like we need that. We needed that for a long time, and I think we did it. And, and you know, the only thing that it will and here we go, it will help JOK and A Walk too, right there. Oh yeah. In. So keep them clean. That will help make our make our linebackers not look like uh you know complete pieces of shit as <laughs> they can't tackle anybody as they're just getting blocked on the entire time. Craig is here. Um Brian, our fourth round pick from the Ohio State University. Juan Jones six eight three hundred thirty seven pounds of 75 375 at tackle 75 Oof, never mind yeah. then. but they said he's quick <laughs> he's on his bigger he's good at run block he's good at run blocking he's good with his hands he had some problems with some penalties with holding which we saw that in some of the games that they had um but other than that man it is a project to have a guy that size and you know something we had the right offensive coach for it bry bill Callahan, get your hands on this boy. Teach him how to play left tackle. 
and you got your left tackle for years to come, especially with that size and that speed, Brian. What do you say? Sure. Another value pick here. Uh, a guy who was projected to go a lot higher, maybe as high as like the second round, and we get him in the fourth round. So I was excited about this pick. Uh, you know, I think I heard he, he hasn't given up a sack all of last year at right tackle for the Buckeyes. So love hearing that. To me, still, I, I think of him as almost like a project um, just because he he's so big. And obviously, you don't play at a, a place like Ohio State and not be very talented. But um, for me, he's he's got to cut weight. He's got to get down. He's 375. He's got to get down to probably like 340. Um, because if he's playing at 375, he's not going to lay a finger on TJ Watt or, or Von Miller. I mean, those guys are just going to blow right by him. So I don't know. Maybe if he's uh, if he's got a future as a guard or something like that um, to where you don't have to be quite as quick to get those speed rushers off the edge. But um, yeah, he's going to, he's going to have to get quicker. He's obviously a mountain of a man, but in my opinion, the days of uh, the Jonathan Ogden's uh, dominating offensive line is just, it's over with. The guys are just way too fast. The name of the game and the NFL is speed. And so I know he it was, Good to see his uh, his high school basketball highlights that they're showing when they drafted him. But um, yeah, it's just I have a hard time believing that he's going to be quick enough at three seventy five. Well, they got him here in the four yard dash. He ran a five three, but the ten yard split ran a one point nine. So I got a quick first step though, Bry. I mean. As long as you can get that first two steps and get a hold of somebody as they're coming around, especially with his size. And Chris said it here. He said 375 on a good day. I get that. And Casey chimed in and said <laughs> that's a massive piece of clay for Callahan to bold. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, but it's it's one of the biggest chances you have. I mean, he played at a top-tier university. I'm not saying – even if it was Alabama, I'd say the same thing. But, Brian, they had a first or second-round grade on this guy, late first, second-round grade on this guy. We get him in the fourth which is huge upside for us. I mean, it dropped all the way down there. They probably had to run to get to take it in, especially for his size. And then also the fact that you got Callahan there that can help out. You needed help with the tackle. That's a big tackle to have along with Hudson. So now you got help on the tackles, teach him inside, teach him outside and see where he actually fits in that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just one of those things that you can play him on the line and see what he does best at. Because he only played right tackle because Paris Johnson played the left tackle for the longest time for Ohio State. So I think if Paris Johnson wasn't there, he'd probably be playing left tackle instead of right tackle. But, I mean, that's how it goes. And, you know, that's especially for the offensive line. But, I mean, I love that they picked an offensive lineman they needed to. And to take a swing on this kid, um, the upside, like I said, Bry, the worst it could be is just right here. But the potential – is through the roof with this kid if you can get him to where you need to get him. Same with Ika, well, same with Cedric Tillman, and same with the next guy that we got coming up, which our other fourth-round pick was Isaiah McGuire, defensive end. And, Bry, this kid is just quick and just I, – I can't believe how quick this kid is off the ball. And he, he looks like the air pair there on our other side of Miles Garrett. I mean, we're going to have position downs and everything else. But this kid kind of plays it all. He can actually stop the run. He play outside. 
reminds me a little bit of Clowney on the outside where he's not going to get the fastest rush on you, but he'll get in there and mess some things up. And we kind of need that on that side. So what do you think about drafting Isaiah McGuire at our other fourth round pick? Yeah, he's, he's another guy. Um, he can compete with, uh, with Thomas and with Wright, a, a couple other draft picks from last year. Um, it sounds like the Browns were, were digging him, but they were into uh, McGuire and, you know, maybe they might've taken him earlier in the fourth round had Jones not fallen to him, but um, yeah, he, he's a big dude. He's not like uh, he's not one of these small defensive ends that just kind of has one move, one speed rush. He, he's about miles Garrett's size. So, um, so you get him in there, you coach him up, you hope that he can eventually take over as a starter, at least give you quality minutes um, this year. Um, then after that, you know, it's, it's kind of like a hope and a prayer for a lot of these draft picks when you're not drafting them in the first and second round. You, you get them in, you try to coach them up, and you hope that, uh, that something sticks. And unfortunately for the Browns, there haven't been many guys that we've taken in the last few years that uh, that really showed sustained power. All right. Moving on, uh, we have in our fifth round, we picked up a quarterback, Bry, from UCLA. What is it? DJR. Um, it is DJR, right? DTR. Thompson DTR. Robinson. Thompson Robinson. I had a J in there for some odd reason. DTR. UCLA. Um, similar to Deshaun Watson. Um, I wasn't expecting a quarterback this early, Bri. I figured they would pick one up maybe in the sixth round, maybe their seventh round pick, but I wasn't expecting him at five, but I know they liked him. They invited him out. They trained with him. Could he be our new backup uh, learning under Deshaun Watson, Bri? That's the hope. Um, very, I would say pretty unlikely that he'll be your backup this year. Um, I think Dobbs has got that with his experience in the league and, you know, the, uh, the important starts that he had last year. Um, I'd feel more comfortable just with somebody like that, but um, yeah, he's probably battling it out with uh, Kellen to be that third guy. And what we know about Andrew Barry is he loves his draft picks. So probably going to win. I don't know whether that means you keep three quarterbacks or maybe he goes to the practice squad. Um, but I think the long-term plan is for him to be, uh, to be your backup. And yeah, he kind of, his game resembles what, uh, what Deshaun Watson does. So I think, uh, I think that bringing him in, I think they brought in a couple other quarterbacks, but uh, I think maybe he was the guy that they were hoping would fall to him. All right. Next on the list was Cameron Mitchell cornerback out of Northwestern, you know, another Northwestern kid, Bry. Good thing about Northwestern kids is I love their coach, Pat Fitzgerald, and he teaches those kids how to play. Tape on him is actually really good. He can be a backup, learn, maybe play the slot here coming up. Uh, what do you think about Cameron Mitchell joining the Cleveland Browns? Uh, this is the guy that I probably know the least about. I don't know a ton about him, um, you know, like you said, he went to Northwestern, so you're guessing he's smart. Hopefully, he has a, a bit of a relationship with uh, with Newsom, and he can help ingratiate him into uh, into this locker room and uh, get him comfortable. But you know, he's a six round pick, so if he can make the roster at all, 
you say that's a win. Um, where the Browns are at, we have probably four cornerbacks that I know for sure they're comfortable with, with um, with Emerson and Green being the backups at this point. Um, but after that, yeah, you're going to need five or six guys. So hopefully you can be one of those uh, last two to make the roster. And our last pick in the draft was a center from the Ohio State University, Luke Whipla. All right, center, not a big guy, um, but I'm guessing they're bringing him in for a little bit of help on the center and guard status. So, Brian, just a body, six-round pick. You're not expecting much. Maybe develop him into another guy, maybe a long snapper down the road. I hate to say that in front of Red Leg, especially with Charlie Hewitt being the best long snapper in the <laughs> NFL. But, you know, you're, you're bringing a guy in like that to kind of just help in, see if he can piece in, see if he can actually just get a hold of something and actually, you know, take off on this team and actually earn a spot on this team. Um, some notables that they did get uh, Ronnie Hickman, safety, Ohio State, undrafted free agent. There's a few other ones. So they picked up a couple of safeties I know undrafted free agents that they had their eye on. So, Bry, I mean, overall, this draft, I mean, we didn't have a first or second. How would you grade this draft? I probably put it, I kind of wrestled with uh, in between like a B and a B minus um, is where I'm at. I think they got guys that position a need, guys that uh, have produced in college, not just guys from small, uh, little no-name programs. These are guys that, that we've seen on Saturdays for the last couple of years. And probably the best part about this draft is uh, is they're going to get time to develop because Andrew Berry gives his guys plenty of time, a couple of years, and – you know, I, I guess if I have to um, grade it right now, I'd say probably a B. But really, we probably won't know for two or three years because I don't see really any of these guys making a huge um, contribution to this year's team. Uh, Ika is probably the guy that has the best chance to do it. Um, yeah, I just I can't see Jones taking over for uh, for anybody on our offensive line. I think our offensive line is pretty. Uh, pretty stout and pretty solid with uh, with what they've done over the last couple of years. So hopefully we don't see many of these guys a whole lot this year. Cause that means we got some injuries. Yeah. Yeah. And I got um, all the guys sitting there telling me, we also did get McAllister, another safety from Ohio state. So we did get another two Ohio state safeties. Um, Casey Kinnaman chimed in and said, B minus from your boy. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a solid B, maybe B plus, Brian, because I I think, like you said, three years down the road is where we can really really get it. But I think what they did with this draft, Brian, is they they didn't hit, they let the draft come where they didn't have really super needs. There was needs there, but they didn't have to go all crazy with it. Like they didn't need a starter, they just needed fill ins. And I think with what they did with the swings that they took. I think what they did, like they do with free agency, like they've done with everything else, especially with this front office, is you're coming in low, hoping for high. I mean, how many times have they picked up another first rounder that somebody discarded just to see if it was the team or him? I mean, we don't Taven Bryan. We've done it with other people. Like they're looking for the potential to go up and hoping their coaching staff can coach them up. 
So they're taking a swing at guys that they think are really good, but the potential could be superstar. And I think that's two of them out of this would be Cedric Tillman, one. And then the other one would have to be Isaiah McGuire. I think they really are that high on McGuire. I I, I haven't seen much of his tape, but it, from what it sounds like, they really, really like him, Brian. But we'll see what happens. Like you said, you really can't grade it till three years down the road. Um, and here's another one. Hopefully, Luan can take some snaps and, you know, Conklin if he gets hurt. I mean, that's right tackle, right tackle. I mean, they, yeah, you can hope that because, you know, both Brian and I weren't too high on the Conklin bringing back because he was injured all the time. I mean, that also gives you some little bit of depth on the offensive line that you didn't have. Um, it, it gives you options. Um, you know, if Hudson's struggling at either left or right tackle, now you have another uh, true tackle that you can put in there. You don't have to move Michael Dunn out to tackle or Joel Batonio like we've done in the past. You know, you have a couple tackles, and if one's not getting the job done, you can pivot to the other. But I think I think we were all expecting the Browns to trade down and try to get picks for next year. But uh, but the reality of the situation was this draft just was not a very strong draft. So I'm sure there are a lot of teams that were looking to get draft picks for next year. But uh, teams just don't, you know, why would you want to give up a second rounder next year for a third rounder in a less draft? Um, so I'm guessing they tried to do it. They were unsuccessful. That's why they drafted so many guys. I think they did trade the seventh rounder. For a six. Was it Baltimore? Yeah, to Baltimore for a six rounder. Okay. So so they were able to make one trade to uh, kind of stockpile for next year when, when the prospects are better. But we're um, up to five. Up to five for next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, you have some crowded rooms now. The wide receiver room is very crowded. Um, the defensive line room is very crowded. You got a ton of guys. So, a lot of guys' heads are going to be on the chopping block and probably a lot of draft picks, um, you know, that we've seen in the last couple of years that they're so reluctant to get rid of. I wouldn't be surprised if they cut two, three, four of them uh, come final cut time. We'll see what happens. Casey said if they would have drafted McGuire at 98, you would have been thrilled. Excellent value where you got him, which is amazing. Nice. So, yeah, Casey and I were talking through this entire thing, and I, I, I kept asking him, I'm like, what's your biggest surprise right now? He goes, I didn't see Tillman. Like he goes, I was thinking like when um, the kid from defensive tackle from Wisconsin went off the board, it was like the wind just set out. He was like, Ugh. and then people traded up in front of you and they're like, what are they doing? And then it's like, Ugh. but I mean, so far, Bri, we'll see what happens here this off season, see what they do. By the way, a uh, huge announcement. They are going to West by God, Virginia. For the first week of training camp, they're going to be down to Greenbrier. Bri, you want to come down with the family and watch a little training camp down there and down there I in West Virginia? To, I think I went there one time when I was younger, and that's yeah, a pretty unbelievable place. Uh, I didn't stay there or anything. I just kind of took a tour. So, yeah, I would love to go down there. That's awesome. We'll take you up in the hills down there and get you some ramps, get you some uh, Giovanni's, a little moonshine. Mm. Sounds like a good time. All right. All right, Brian, well, let's get into our Fat Boy Tuesday. Uh, let me get the sounder and everything ready here. And now it's time for Fat Boy Tuesday. 
uh, Fat Boy Tuesday's recap of our Melt Bar and Grilled experience, Bri. We had a blast there. Also, Cinco de Mayo is coming up, so get your margaritas, tequila, and everything else ready. But here's let's take a look at some food from our Melt Bar and Grilled experience, Bri. First off, this is what Fatty was drinking. Got one of their signature cocktails, which is a ginger soda bullet bourbon old fashioned. Look at that thing. And then here's the spread we have, Bri. Look at that spread. I mean, chicken wings. I got the chili cheese mac dog with the Frito dusting on top. You had the white buffalo, right? Uh, buffalo chicken. I forget exactly what it was called. All right. So Coleslaw. there's yours right there. I mean, the food, Bri, the food was amazing. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. The crew was amazing. Everything else was amazing there. We're about to go back and have some, uh, just another time there. I mean, there, there's other people that want to come now because we went there. Um, hot take tacos are overrated. All right. Whoa. Justin. Well, because he thinks a taco is a hot dog. As a hot dog. Sure. Yep. Um, Sherry was there. Sherry loved all the food. Whitewater rafting about an hour and a away from oh there it is Greenbrier, dude we can go we go tubing. Then one time I don't know if I care to go back. What whitewater <laughs> rafting or tubing? <laughs> yeah, whitewater rafting. Oh no, I'll float down a river with the best no, of them. No, 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 we'll float down a river. We don't tube. We don't whitewater raft. We just we float with a cooler and sandwiches. That's my speed. Yeah, there's no no fast pace about this, Bry. Join the time while we're down there. Um, but yeah, dude, food was phenomenal. My wife had the meatloaf uh sandwich, which was amazing. My kids got the spaghetti and meatball and a personal pizza. Bry the wings. Oh my god, the wings, Bry. That ghost pepper, what was it? The Diablo dry rub that we had mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. amazing. Um, we also had oh god, I forgot about the peach. What was it? The peach sesame? Something like that, yeah. Then we had the Thai chili. We had, oh, the peanut butter. The peanut one. Ah, uh, yeah. That's what, yep. peanut, peanut sesame. Peanut sesame. Yep. And then we had the peach. God, what was the peach one? I don't know if there was a peach one. Now I got to look, look at the pictures. I thought there was yeah, a Yeah, you got to zoom in. Um, oh, we had the buffalo. We had the like, like Buffalo Romano, um, or was it Parmesan Buffalo Romano? Garlic. Buffalo Garlic Buffalo Romano. Garlic Romano. Yep. Mm-hmm. We had the, our number one was the, the awesome. Yeah, out awesome. We also awesome. we also had the Korean barbecue. Um, we ranked them. By yeah, the way, I put I put, I put go to our YouTube page. All right, and I put out the ranking video on the YouTube page. Get to see where Brian and I are at with the uh, ranking of these chicken wings. But man, Brian, what a great time. What a great place. That party room was absolutely amazing. Four four TVs can fit about 100 people in there. You had the rest of the bar. I took a picture with the pig as we were leaving, Brian. Mm-hmm. Did you see the pig? I don't think so. Uh-uh. No, there's a huge, huge pig they got there, and I wanted to steal it and take it home. <laughs> oh, I forgot about the mustard. Yeah, that's right. That's the one that I was that thinking was, about. Yep. Good call, Sherry. That is, was it the sweet mustard? 
It was like it was like a mix between like a honey mustard and a brown mustard. Yeah, like a something I've never had before. Yeah, like yeah. a mustard because it had some kick to it. Oh yep. my god, it was so good. And the chili cheese, Brian. When I got home and ate it, it was still good. When I got home and ate it, that Frito <laughs> dusting on top of it, I, I was brought. How can you go wrong? Hot dog, chili cheese mac, more cheese on top, Frito dusting on top of that. How can you go wrong with that? No, I don't believe you can. I'll probably get that again. That was the seasonal one, right? That was the seat. Well, that was the one they did with Tri C. So okay. that one, that one was so good. But everybody else that had sandwiches there, like God, and everybody ate. Everybody ate, had a great time. Like I said, the waitresses were amazing, Bry. Um I just wish we had the audio at the beginning with Matt Fish because we were definitely having some fun. And you know something, next time we go out, we have been promised that you might get a little legal ham to the face sandwich on that menu when we're there. <laughs> and Brian, and I've been talking, Brian, I've been talking in the background about it and hope even my dad and hope even added more to it. Brian, little pineapple, little jalapeno popper on top of bacon, ham and pulled pork. Oh my goodness. Okay. With the melt awesome sauce drizzled all over it. Wow. And of course we gotta do pepper jack cheese, right? Very unique. Yeah, that doesn't sound bad. A little illegal ham right there, isn't it? Uh, that's a lot that's a lot of pork. Well that's a, a look at us, Bri. Here's <laughs> Sherry ate napped and went back for more. <laughs> yep. I had mine the next day. It was fantastic. And there's Justin. Love me a good jalapeno. <coughs> wrong with that. All right, Brian, what are you doing for Cinco de Mayo? It's on Friday. What are you doing? You going out for margaritas? You just chilling out? What are you doing? Right now, I don't have plans. Um, I was going to call my mom to see if she wants to do something this weekend because I think she leaves for... Ireland next week, and so she won't be around for Mother's Day. So I was going to see maybe if she wanted to do something at some point this weekend, be it brunch or maybe a night out on Friday. So she's a fan of the Mexican food. She's a fan of the margaritas. So, uh, yeah, I might find myself somewhere around Medina at a Mexican restaurant. Dare I say Fat Boy Tuesday from Ireland with your mom? (laughs) I don't know what kind of uh, give me some good Irish food. I mean, I know what we have here, but is there like authentic? I, I don't know the box tea and the um, corned beef sandwiches, but there's got to be something else, right? Oh, my dad says Ed horseradish. I can do that, Dad. There you go. Um, no, theirs is like it's a different. It's almost like English food. So, like we what we think of Irish food is all mixed with American food. So it's not like true right. Irish food, right? So, but like shepherd's pie, I know is huge over there, but like we use ground beef, they use lamb. Hmm. Um, I know it would be great. I just, I could just see your mom sitting at an Irish pub drinking a Guinness right out of the tap. <laughs> I don't just, know if she would drink Guinness. Really? Yeah. I mean, she drinks beers, but they're usually like uh, the fruitier beers, like bumbleberry and stuff. Like I could see her doing Blue Tully, moon. Tully, Tully, more, more, more. And then, like, <laughs> no, I don't know if she's ever had a Guinness. 
All right. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, Bring that's... some back. I hear it's different over there. It's different than the Guinness we drink here. Hey, make sure, make sure she gets some proper 12, some Telemordu, some Jameson. There you go. All bangers. Schmitz. There's that. Dad said bangers. Forgot about bangers and mash. Oh, okay. They're like little sausages. How can you go wrong? But they're not. It's it's different, Bri. It's not like our kind of little sausage. Like a pig in a blanket. Well, it, no, no, no. They're they're <laughs> they're like sausages, but it's I like, like those. It's like mixed with like lamb meat and pork and yeah, like it, it's it's a different flavor, big fella. Like that's, a, that's a whole I'll different... stick with a pig in a blanket. There you go. You just croissant, hot dog, you're good that's to go. Why, that's why I have no plans to leave the States. Yeah, you know, I got everything I could possibly want here. Oh, that would rule. There's Sherry. All right, so, Bri, let's get out of Fat Boy Tuesday. Let's, let's finish up the trivia before we get into our top three draft moments. Sure. Right. So, our trivia is brought to you by City Dogs of Cleveland. Let me bring up the dog to adopt. Look at that face. Adopt Godzooks. God, I'd love a dog named Godzooks. <laughs> Look at that face. Go adopt him. Get a hold of them at City Dogs Cleveland. Um, they're amazing people over there, Brian. Don't forget, May 20th, we'll be out and about at the Top Dog Tailgate in Berea. Uh, going to have a good time, eat some food. May 20th, 1 to, I think, 6 or 7 p.m. Go out there and have a good time. Eat some good food. Adopt some dogs. Cornhole tournament, 50-50. There's baskets now being made, Bri. Raffle baskets. Cool. Um, see what happens. And he's asking everybody to bring a side dish. Crock pot. Um, anything of that nature. I, I Like I said, I think I'm bringing, the, bringing Butch's Beans with me. Um, nice. See how well those go over there. But come out hang out with us. $20 donation. Uh, we'll go straight to City Dogs of Cleveland. Please come out and join us. That's here in the next few weeks. So, all right, Brian, trivia. Yep. All right, here we go. So I'm looking for the college with the most draft picks all time in the NFL draft. All time in the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with one, and I don't think it's right. But I got a top five. We'll see if you can get one in the top five. Notre Dame. There you go. Number one. Look at you. Yes. They Nobody gave it to either. You want to know why I picked Notre Dame? I believe you. Because back in the day, they had some great players at Notre Dame that went to the NFL. All right. If, so. if you had a number two, what would you think? What would be your guess? It's got to be an older team. It's got to be. Um, Florida State. They're not in the top five. Not in top five. All right, Craig. Michigan, Br- Michigan and Ohio State are both in the top five, but neither one is two. Okay, so Craig Bryden, Alabama. Not Alabama. Not Alabama. So I'm going to guess Michigan is above Ohio State. Nope, they're not. Ohio State's three. Michigan's five. Michigan's five. So we got two in between. Nebraska. Not Nebraska. One of them's in the same region as Nebraska. Oklahoma? There you go. They're number four. You're still missing the number two team. Texas. Nope. USC. There you go. Fight on. All right. Wow. So it went Notre Dame, USC, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. 
Michigan. Or Michigan. Michigan. Wow. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, the blue bloods of college football. I mean, yeah, you yeah. forget about USC because they haven't been relevant for 15, 10, 15 years, but they're on the way back. Cheers, Damon. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> let's put it in UCLA. All right, well, let's get into our last wonderful thing here, which is our top three, and then we'll close out the show, Brian. <laughs> Played it twice, Brian. All right, so our top three tonight is our biggest moments of the 2023 draft. Brian, would you like me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Number three for me was the Houston Texans trading back up to number three to go quarterback, defensive end, two, three. They used our pick to go back up to number three and get two picks back to back. Bry, uh, that just floored me right there. Number two, no matter how well Philadelphia does, they still got better. They got the best defensive prospect with Jalen Carter and then paired him up with another defensive prospect with North, what, Norwood? Mm, uh, Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith. Boom, right there. Philadelphia Eagles, you guys suck. All right, my number one, Bry, and finally, we've been asking for it for years. Your Cleveland Browns finally drafted players from the Ohio State University. We've been clamoring for years. Why didn't you draft that guy? He's from Ohio State. He's right there. They finally started drafting from Ohio State, right? And they signed people from Ohio State, undrafted free agents. So there's four people now on this team from Ohio State. What are you going to do, Bri? <laughs> four now. I mean, do you, I, know. I don't. I don't foresee many undrafted guys making this team. But never know. They got the opportunity, just as good an opportunity as anybody. Bri, everybody. That's every. It, and I just did it out, Jess, because it's. It's fun for me because I know oh, how sure. you and I go. I didn't care if they drafted Ohio State players, but I hear everybody else know how, like, he was right there. Why didn't you draft that guy? He's from Ohio State. You didn't even go scout him or nothing. Well, guess what? They finally drafted Ohio State players. So you can't say shit anymore. All right? All right, yeah. Brian, you're top three. For the record, I was I was pleased with, uh, with the two guys they drafted from Ohio State. Um, I thought they were good value picks, and – you know, like we were talking, let Bill Callahan mold them into a offensive lineman. And, you know, it's not a huge investment that you made in them. So I could only see it going well. Um, yeah, I teased it earlier. I guess you brought up the Eagles. That probably should have been in my top three looking back. But I, I left them out. just because. <sighs> I mean, you get probably the best player in the draft at number nine. And you went to the Super Bowl last year. It's just. Not really fair. Um, so, yeah, said the Steelers, and I don't know if I'm getting soft in my old age or what. I thought it was kind of maybe a little cool when they drafted uh, Joey Porter Jr. And as much as I hate Joey Porter, and if, if Joey Porter Jr. turns out to be like a player or turns out to be anything at all, I'm going to hate it. But in the moment, I thought, man, that's kind of cool, you know, going to play for your dad's team. So, uh, that, I guess I'll put it three. Number two, um, 
you know, the draft is always about the quarterbacks and when they go. Um, so to have a quarterback fall all the way out of the first round, a guy that was supposed to go top five, top ten, uh, Will Levis, um, I thought maybe that was just a, a huge storyline. And I honestly, I don't think he's going to be very good. Um, I don't know if he's mature enough, but uh, but you never know. I mean, stay off boardwalk or stay off Broadway down in uh, down in Nashville. They'll get in trouble. Um, so that's my number two. My number one, I'm with you. We were both. I think we were talking at the time when uh, when this happened, when the Texans traded up to number three. Um, that was kind of the shocker of the draft, really. Um, you know, for them to pick it two, and then trade all the way up from uh, from twelve to number three, and it's something very rarely. I think it's maybe happened three times now in the draft history where one team has two picks in the top three. So, um, yeah, it was kind of cool. You know, something a curveball. That's why it gets you watching. That's why uh, you tune in. And here, Chris brought this up. Uh, there's a video of a scout from Dallas that got to draft his own son to the Cowboys. Yeah, that was pretty that cool. I did see that. It should have been in my top three. Yeah, that, yeah, that's unreal. You have all those. Um, Will Lovitz dropping to the second round was like a huge thing. Like he, he left the draft. Like he's mm-hmm. like, I'm not sticking around for this. I'm heading home. And then he got mm-hmm. drafted the very next day. Like there's still luggage in his doorway when they draft yeah. him, which was amazing. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the draft is a great thing. You get to see the motions of players, especially the players, you know, from Virginia that um, were killed in the shooting that weren't able to make it that the, you know, everybody honored there. Um, just the, just the sheer emotions from these guys that have worked so hard to be drafted and done everything they could. And just to hear their name called just Bry, it, it just floors you. Um, you know, especially with that group and those people, it just, I, it, the NFL draft is just something special and to have all that happen and all the emotions and the, the movement, the roller coaster that was the NFL draft, which it was because there was people like John Dorsey was just going 1993 football, uh, drafting a running back, a linebacker. Like he was just, he was having fun. And did you see the video of him messing with people? Mm-mm. So there's a, he likes to mess with people while they're on the clock and I'll call them while they're on the clock and go, <laughs> Hey buddy boy. <laughs> <laughs> So is he he's in Detroit. He's in Detroit now. So okay. he's not. Is he, he's not their general manager though, is he? Yes, he is. Is he I really? Think, I think so. If not general manager of head of scouting, I guess. Okay, it might gotcha. be. But like he, dude, he did pretty damn good. Yeah, uh, there there are people scratching their heads that is saying he reached in the first in the first round. But I told you last week that Jack Campbell, he was a guy. I would want to uh, plug into the middle of my defense, be your field general for the next 10 years. Yep. All right, Brian, we're here at the end of the show, bud. Let's get out here and get everybody in bed. All right, we are Legal Ham of the Face. Thank you guys so much for watching. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and our Facebook and Twitter and Twitch and whatever the hell else we're on. Like, subscribe, help us out. Brian, on that note, we're getting ready to get out of here. You want to God bless them? God bless you. God bless America.
I am that fat guy. We want to thank our troops, first responders, for everything you guys do. Can't do not can't do this without you. Also, want to thank Harold Keel and City Dogs Cleveland. Also, Melt Barn Grilled. Thank you again for letting us have a great time at your establishment. And on that note, we are definitely uncorked, unloaded. We're out. See ya. <laughs>